Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to this episode. I have a super fun guest. In fact, I've been wanting to interview her for a while now, and it just happened, and I learned so much, and I enjoyed it so much. So Artie Sequera is here today, and it was so good sitting down with her. You might know her from winning, you know, Food Network Star back in 2011, but she has so much more to her that we uncovered from before you knew her as a Food Network star and as a chef and a cook and all the things that you love about her. You're going to enjoy the show so much. Real quick, before Before we get started with the show, I want to remind you, you guys, this week, we wrapped up season one of the Jamie Ivey Show. It's on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey. We had seven episodes with some phenomenal guests who we talked about fun things. We talked about difficult things. We talked about things that make you really pause and think. It's a show that I'm excited about you sitting down and spending just 30 minutes hearing from two people about what God has done in their world and about what they are also doing in the world around them. Okay, on today's show with Artie, we talk about a season where she talks about it was really like a wilderness season for her, where she was in between what she had done previously, which I'll let her tell you about, to what you see her doing now. And God really moved in mighty ways. And I know that some of you feel like you're in that in-between season, that wilderness season. You're going to be so encouraged by our conversation today. Artie, welcome to the happy hour. Woohoo! <laughs> I don't have a cocktail, but I do have my half gallon bottle of water. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't have a cocktail either. I have <laughs> coffee and it's only my yeah. second cup today and I haven't had very much water. How much water are you trying to drink a day? I'm trying to drink a gallon. And how's it going? Well, I can safely drink half a gallon now. I can do that. And there are some days where I hit three quarters of a gallon. So I think I'm on my way. But one of the things that's really changed things for me is realizing that our water is so filtered that we aren't getting a lot of minerals in it. And so I've been using this electrolyte packet. Yeah. that I, It's called Elementi and I dissolve it in my water and it has a flavor to it. It has a ton of sodium and saltiness to it. Uh huh. And then it has stevia, which normally I H A T E stevia. <laughs> we don't say that word in our house, so I, I still like feel like I have to spell it out. Uh huh. I H A T E stevia, and I love this stuff. So it's Look really been you. helping me. Then you absorb the hydration better, mm. which is also something. I mean, we'll just go straight into it. But I'm Indian, mm-hmm. and so if you have you know, the Indian equivalent of lemonade or limeade, it has salt in it because I guess we figured out that you actually absorb more water if you drink salty things. Right. 
Well, I I just learned so much right now, and we just started chatting. (laughs) This is the best. (laughs) I'm going to go get me some water and put some electrolytes in it and stuff. Yeah, just put some salt in it. Put some salt in it. That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, I am so excited to chat with you today for a lot of reasons. Number one is what most people know you for is cooking, but Mm -hmm. there's so much more to you than cooking. <laughs> and that's what I love to talk to people about is like, I want to get to know them. So introduce yourself and your family real quick to my listeners, and then we'll jump in. My name is Arti Sequera. If there are any Indians listening, yes, I know I pronounce it incorrectly. I'm sorry. Wait, how do you pronounce it incorrectly? So the proper pronunciation is Arti. Arti. Yeah. But you know, I grew up in Dubai, in the Middle East, and I went to an English school. And So my friends and my teachers and stuff would say Artie. And so I responded to that. And that is my name. That is how I say it. And that is how we do things. That is hilarious. um, Yeah. And it's fine. I mean, I respond to Artie, Artie, Artie. My husband calls me Baba. I mean, most things I will respond to, but yes. I love it. That is my name. I am married to the man I met on the first day of New Student Week at Northwestern. And we've been together since we were 18 and we have two little girls, Aliyah, who's seven and Moses, who is five. I just love it. shaved the sides of their head on Sunday and I am so pumped. <laughs> they both decided to do it at the same time? Yeah. Well, my youngest is definitely the wilder one, the sort of, I don't care what people think of yeah. me one. And she loves Spider-Gwen. Gwen Stacy Mm -hmm. and spider Gwen has one side of her head shaved. And so she said that she wanted to do it. This has been a dream of my husband since my babies were in utero. Are you serious? Yeah. To have girls that, you know, he could shave the side of their head Yeah, to have these little punk rock babies. And so my oldest was like, I'm scared. I think this is a bad idea. She kept saying, Mosey, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? And then as soon as we did Mosey's, literally on Sunday on the deck, we did it. And as soon as she saw it, she was like, that looks so awesome. I was like, (laughs) I know. I was like, the clippers are still plugged in. And she was like, all right, let's go for it. I was so proud of her because she's the cautious, Mm -hmm. she's the thinker and she's the cautious one. I can definitely see, you know, like my youngest is much more like my husband. The older one is much more like me. And she did it. Oh, isn't that a fun moment when you see your kids do something they're so afraid of? I remember one time we were on a family vacation and one of my kids just has a lot of fear. And he had to have been, I don't know, seven or eight, just like your oldest. And we were on a boat on a lake and the kids were just jumping and playing and he would not jump off the boat. He would just get into the water, right? He was so scared. And Artie, when he jumped in, I mean, we were like ecstatic and so proud of him. And it seemed like such a small thing, but to him, it was so big. And so I love seeing that. Okay. So keep going. I interrupt you with the shaved heads, but (laughs) tell us more about your life. That's the whole thing. So we now live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it is fresh. It is new. We've been here one year. We picked up, we packed everything up. We'd lived in LA for two decades. And in January of last year, we packed everything up. We packed the car up and we drove out here because my husband has family here. And then the world exploded. (laughs) (laughs) 
and like everybody else, we're just getting our sea legs, I guess. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's so crazy to think that, you know, you had no idea what was ahead of you when you packed Mm-mm. up. You knew you were on an adventure because you're, you know, mm-hmm. moving cross country. You would have never known what was happening. One of my favorite things that I just learned about you that I didn't know, and I think a lot of people probably know you from your cookbooks and cooking and being on TV, cooking and everything. That was not your like trajectory in life. Mm-mm. And those kind of stories are my favorite because it's kind of like God's like, okay, this is really cool what you're doing, but I'm going to show you what I have for you. So can we go all the way back to what you, before what we know now, and can you talk to us about when you were in TV and producing and on the other side of the camera? Yeah. I always wanted to be a reporter and I wanted to be specifically Christian Amanpour. I wanted to be an international reporter going to the front lines of things that were happening that were not right. And that started because I grew up in Dubai during the Gulf War and the news in in the Emirates is censored. And so I had never seen real reporting. What I had seen was people, you know, doing what they could, which was to rip news off the wires and present it. Mm-hmm. But to have someone actually there where things were happening was a whole new thing for me. And that yeah. just opened my eyes. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I went to university for it. I studied journalism. I graduated. I interned at CNN. I interned at NPR. I interned everywhere. And then when I graduated, I got a job at CNN, which was amazing. And I was like, well, that wasn't so hard. This is everything I ever wanted to do. Here I am. Except that I was producing. I wasn't in front of the camera. I was behind the camera. And I thought, well, you know what? That's okay. I'm paying my dues one day. (laughs) Maybe I'll get my chance, you know? And I kept trying and it always felt like something in me didn't fit there. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with the news business. I think that I was lacking something. Mm. There was something that wasn't fitting. And then at that time I was in Chicago and then eventually in New York. And my husband was in LA because he's an actor and we got married and I moved to LA and I thought, well, there's news everywhere. I'll just work in news there. And that's when the bottom fell out of the news industry and the bottom fell out of my life. I was like, I couldn't find a job to save my life. I Mm. interviewed everywhere and I just sat there on the couch twiddling my thumbs going, now what in the world am I going to do? And I would drink lots of coffee because I could because I was 20 something. I was like, nobody can tell me what to do. I would drink tons of coffee. I'd watch TV until the view. And then I was like, now the soap operas come on and I can't do that because I know who I am. Yeah. (laughs) So the one thing that had always been something that I loved and brought me peace was watching cooking shows. I watched them with my mom and my sisters and I come from a long line of great cooks on both sides of my family. My mom always wanted to open a restaurant. She has a hospitality degree. Like it was real. Yeah. And, you know, I still remember one of my mom's proudest moments was my dad was a businessman and they had gone to this cocktail party in Dubai and a woman came over. And when my mom introduced herself, she was like, oh my goodness, are you Rose Sequera who makes the incredible prawn biryani? And she was like, yes, like (laughs) word had spread. Right. Yeah. So I, that's my lineage. And so, Mm -hmm. but I was always like, I'm going to be a journalist and my parents didn't look at cooking as a career. Right. 
So I started cooking in my desperation and it was my solace and it was my comfort. And it was this way that I could exert control over chaos where I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing in life, but I knew that I was supposed to chop that onion and saute it in oil and it would turn into marinara eventually, Uh you know? And so that's a taking over. And my husband got me a gift certificate to a little cooking school in my neighborhood that I could walk to, which is unheard of in LA. And that kind of started the whole thing for me because I... I don't know. I was really in a bad place. It felt like when I look back at it, it feels like the wilderness years where, Mm. you know, God pulled me out of Egypt, except I didn't feel like I was enslaved. You know, I was like living the good life Uh over there. And then I was pulled into this wilderness where, frankly, I think he stripped everything away from me. Like, who do you actually think you are? Mm. And I think I was so connected to this idea of like, I am a journalist. This is what I do. And this is who I am that um, he needed to remind me, um, no, on your little ID card, Uh it actually says you're mine. And that's first and foremost. And so that was actually in that time was when Jesus saved me. And that became the driving force for everything. You know, I started cooking and I cooked at a restaurant for a little while. And then I was also making a documentary at the same time about the genocide in Darfur. Like I felt both sides of my brain just pulling in different directions. And then I started making my own cooking show for YouTube. And I mean, it's a long story, but that's how this all happened. Yeah. Okay. I have so many questions, RT is what I (laughs) I just am sitting here, like so many questions here. You know, it's funny because I'm doing the Bible study that Priscilla Shire just released, Elijah. It's so good. I highly recommend it. But we were looking just this week about what you just said about the Israelites coming out of Egypt and how Mm -hmm. they get into the wilderness and they're like, we want to go back. Like, we'd Mm -hmm. rather be slaves Mm -hmm. than be here. And again, you didn't feel like it was like you were in bondage or anything, but it is that moment of God pulling you out of what you love into something new. And I love that you mentioned that. Now, I want to ask you this in the midst of this. You said, this is when Jesus saved me. Did you Mm -hmm. grow up in a Christian home? Did you have any faith? Talk to me about what that was like for you. Yeah. So my last name is Sequera. It's a Portuguese last name. And that's because I'm from the, the tiny little chomp the Portuguese took out of the Indian West Coast. So there's a small portion of India that the Portuguese colonized, Goa, Mangalore, a little part of Kerala, I think too. And so you will find Christians there, Catholics really. Mm-hmm. And there's Christians that predate the Portuguese coming too in India. But so I grew up Catholic. And as my mom would say, Roman Catholic. <laughs> Don't know why that makes a difference, but she would always say that. And so, you know, faith was a, a part of our lives in that we never missed a Sunday at church. We, my sisters and I went to catechism. We had our first Holy Communion, the whole nine. But I remember it was so real to my mom and so real to my dad. I come from a very devout line of people. But I remember looking at the crucifix on the on the wall and asking my mom in church, do you actually believe that's real? Do you Mm. actually believe that really happened? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, "Hmm, okay. You know, it wasn't that I didn't believe it just was, you're a child and you just, Mm -hmm. if your parents say this happened, you just say it. Yeah. Right. And so then when I met my husband, I mean, my boyfriend, but then <laughs> your I freshman year, the, right? Yeah. Freshman year. You know, we ended up having some big conversations because he's a Christian, he's a Protestant, and he's not afraid of hard conversations. And so we would talk about 
grace. We would talk about Mary. We would Mm. talk about sin, all of these things. And I was like, I just don't understand. I had never heard. Right. Truly, in a way, never heard the gospel. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it took a long time. I mean, it was in our lives and we would sometimes go to church. And when we were sort of long distance, I would kind of walk into church every now and then and I would just weep. And I didn't Mm. know why my soul would just weep. And I'd walk out of there and be like, I'm never going in there again. And then I'd find myself walking (laughs) past the church. was so difficult. (laughs) Yeah, I just felt myself drawn in. And it was only when I moved to LA and we had got married that we thought, okay, as a married couple, we should definitely have a faith practice here. Mm -hmm. And so we started, you know, we church hopped a little bit. We ended up at the vineyard and that's where he grabbed me. And there was a lot of stuff that, I think he had to undo this idea of an angry Mm. God that was waiting for the other shoe to drop was a gotcha God Mm -hmm. that was just waiting to smack you across the face because you had, oh, you did it. Yep. You did did it again. You did that thing. I knew you'd do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to punish you because of that. Yeah. It's funny because it was so deeply entrenched in me that I thought I'm never going to get over this. And it's only now as I'm saying this that I'm like, no, I've gotten over that. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's really crazy. crazy. Because there are so many things like that that you grow up with, whatever faith that is that your parents, you know, practice and you kind of are in that. And like you said, you're just a child. You're like, okay, whatever. And you think to yourself, will I ever lose this? And you're sitting here going, yeah, you don't see God as that angry waiting for the shoe to fall God anymore is what you're saying. No, not really. I mean, I still have moments where I'm like, listen, (laughs) I know you can. I don't doubt that you can. It's will you. And this Mm. is where you and I have to have a conversation. Yeah. Jehovah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so the will. This happened to you in that wilderness season, as you're speaking of, of just like, you can't get a job in LA. You have Mm -hmm. left New York, you're married, and you're just like, what's happening? And you're just Mm -hmm. cooking and you go to cooking school. Okay. So how did Jesus change your perspective on that time? Or did it? Did it take longer? What did that look like for you of maybe starting to somehow in the smallest ways trust the season that you were in? Or did you? And you're looking back going, I don't know if I did. I think something happened. I don't know what did, but I, you know, we had this teeny tiny apartment and we could actually climb. My husband put a ladder on the side of the balcony and you climb to the roof of the entire little building. And there was this huge sycamore tree. And I would sit under that sycamore tree and I would literally shake my fist at the Lord. And I'd be like, what are you doing? You know, because I would look at all my friends and, you know, what they were achieving. And back then, and even now, I mean, I'm an immigrant. Mm -hmm. And so that mindset doesn't leave that mindset of like, I'm here for a purpose that is greater than me. My purpose is for my family, not, you know, my parents and my Mm -hmm. sister, and I'm supposed to do better than they did because that is the investment that they have made in me. And so I'm a failure right now Mm -hmm. and I'm trying and I'm trying. And I would shake my fist at God and be like, Why are you allowing me to be a failure over and over again? I'm trying. I'm doing everything that you asked me to do, I feel like, and I just don't understand. Mm. And so I think in that time, I think he gave me a real understanding of like, you say that you are surrendered to me. How surrendered are you? You know, it's easy to be surrendered. Like right now, I feel pretty good. I'm like totally surrendered. You know, there's money in the bank, there's food in the fridge, we're good. But I think back then we were having trouble making ends meet, like the whole nine. Yeah. And a lot of it was just, you got to let go of feeling like, you know, what's right. 
you know the way that things should go and that you know better than I do, you know? So he really changed that in me. And I really felt like I look back at that time and I just see myself slowly bowing down Mm. deeper and deeper and deeper. And to the point where then when I competed on Food Network Star, you know, on those sorts of shows, at least back then, you couldn't bring anything with you. You surrendered your cell phone. There was no TV. There was no newspapers. You couldn't bring books because they didn't want you to bring recipes. So I brought my Bible and it was my one little act of defiance where I was like, okay, take it out of my hands. If you're going <laughs> to, yeah. if you're going to take it, take it out of my hands. And I didn't think that I could go on a show like that without my Bible. Mm-hmm. And I really think that having that constant reminder of how surrendered are you? who's the boss? Is it all these people in production? Is it this thing that you're trying to get? Who's the boss? Mm. And that kind of kept me in the right frame of mind through that whole thing. It's so encouraging because there's so many people that are listening that are in that shaking their fists moment right now. Mm. I mean, they may not be sitting under a sycamore tree on the top of an apartment in LA, but -hmm. they're in their own moment in their own life. And they're in the same boat that you found yourself in then that all of us will find ourselves in at other times in our life. This isn't a one and done thing. And it's so beautiful because you know this and I know this. And just to encourage the listeners, God was not taken aback by your shaking fists. You know, God wasn't like, oh, okay, I see. I'm done with you. You know, he can take take it and he can do it. So we know where you are now. And I want to get to you doing that and getting where you are now. But do you ever have moments because we see the success that you've had and we see how God has changed the trajectory of your career and all the things. Do you have moments where you miss journalism and that side of things? So many. I mean, journalism is so different these days than the journalism I grew up with. And there are great things about it. And there are some horrifying things about it these days. So sometimes I wish I was in the newsroom because I'm like, I would put my sword on and I would go for it, you know? And then the other part of me is like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd be as brave as I think that I am. Yeah. I mean, the frank talk, but I do miss utilizing that part of my brain that loves to research things and loves to get to the truth of things and loves to talk to people that are actually involved in the thing right? to find out exactly what's going on. I mean, when Mm -hmm. I was doing that documentary on the Darfur genocide, I was like, you know, I'm not there. I'm not fighting off the janjaweed with my bare hands, but I'm doing what I can, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm waiting for the Lord to provide me an opportunity to use that part of my brain. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, people are like, what's your dream? What do you want to do with this life? And I was like, I don't know. And I am perfectly okay with not knowing. I will try to dream a little bit, but this whole career feels like bonus Mm. (laughs) to me. You would have never imagined. No, never. And, you know, there were maybe little clues when I was little. I was talking to my friend once and I said, you know, when you were little and you would pick up the newspaper and you would read it and pretend to be you know, a newsreader. And right. she was like, no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, just and I said, me. you know, yeah. And then I was like, don't you remember when you were little and you would play with your cooking set and pretend that you had a cooking show? She's like, no, you weirdo. <laughs> These things, they're just you. That is your thing. And so I guess there were clues, but I didn't listen to them as indicators of what I was going to do with my life. And so, you know, cut to now, I am wholly surrendered, you mm. know, to what it is that God wants to do because his dreams for me have always been more delicious and more rich and more wide and huger than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I just follow the breadcrumbs. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, what year was the Food Network Star Show? I think it was 2011. Okay, 2011. Yeah. So I want to get my facts straight here. You are shaking your fist at God on top of your apartment. You're in this wilderness. <laughs> You're wondering what's next. How do you end up? there? Because that feels like a big jump to me. Or was it not Mm -hmm. that big of a jump? How did you end up there? 
I started making my own cooking show for YouTube and it was mm -hmm. called Artie Party. My husband was directing it and it was a cooking variety show. And I still want to make it one day again. So the idea was whenever something was simmering or roasting, you know, we would have all of our friends were performers. So we would have someone come over and, you know, sing a song on the ukulele mm -hmm. or we would pull puppets together and do a song. You know, it was supposed to be a way to you know, our family motto is punch light into the darkness. And that's what mm. we were trying to do. And then three friends from three completely different parts of my life were like, there's this show called Food Network Star and you should try out for it. And I was like, I have watched exactly one episode of that show <laughs> and I will never freaking do it. Why? Because I saw people who had impeccable training. Oh, you know, fall flat on their face in front of America. And I was like, why would I want to go on TV to show people what I already know, which is I am not worthy of this thing. <laughs> you know? Why do I want to fail publicly? <laughs> yeah, I could just do it in my kitchen. I do yeah. it every night, you know? So one day we were shooting an episode of the YouTube show and my husband was like, you're already dressed. You got a flower in your hair. Let's just shoot a video. You're not going and doing standing in line to try out for this show. We are sending in a video. And if they like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. And I was like, ugh. What do you have to lose, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I made the video and I was never that scared of them rejecting me. I was like, that's fine. That's exactly what I would do <laughs> if they called back. And I remember sitting there and I was reading one of these fantasy novels, Wheel of Time series. <laughs> and I was reading it. And I remember I looked at my phone and it was a 917 number. And I was like, no, I'm not picking that up. I know exactly what that is and I'm not picking it up. And I remember listening to the voicemail and they were oh, like, Oh, you didn't pick it up? I did not. <laughs> okay. I let it go to voicemail. Uh -huh. I was like, I'm not ready. And then a couple minutes later, I listened to it and it, it was this very sweet lady. And she said, we love you. We would love for you to come to New York for the second round of interviews. And I put the phone down and I just started crying. Oh. And it was not out of joy. It was out of total and utter fear. Cause I was like, now I got to do it. Mm. And that was sort of my whole battle when I was on Food Network. So I was feeling like, I don't think that I should be here. I'm not worthy to do this, but this is just something that I'm being asked to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it. And I can't watch the season again. I know it's on, you know, Food Network has now an app called Discovery mm -hmm. Plus. And so a bunch of people are saying, I watched your season and I love you. And I'm like, thank you so much, but <laughs> I cannot watch it because I was a freaking crybaby through the whole. <laughs> it was so tough and very uh, exposing, but yeah. I won, thank goodness. Right. And that changed everything. Besides winning and it changing, you know, your career path, what do you think you learned the most from that experience? I think I learned that... It really doesn't matter what I think about myself, that if the Lord has a story that he wants to tell, mm. you're in it and he's moving you. <laughs> you can fight and you can, you know, bury your hands in the ground and leave claw marks. I always say I left claw marks on my husband as I left. I was like, no, <laughs> but he's going to do it. And over and over and over again, he has done extraordinary things through a person like me. And I, it really doesn't make any sense. So I try as much as possible, again, just to be like, all right, whatever you want to do is fine. Mm. You know, if you end up competing a lot now on grocery games and things like that, and I have such 
a hard time <laughs> with it. And my husband doesn't want to hear it anymore. My friends don't want to hear it anymore. They're just like, stop it. You do this every time you freak out, you freak out, you say you're not worthy. Then you go and then you win. So stop talking about it. We don't want to hear it anymore. So yeah, I think the thing I've just learned is just to mm. stop talking about it. Just go do it. God's in it. He's going to move. Yeah. And God's always in it. And the move could be for you to be humiliated and fall flat on your right. face. Uh-huh. Right. But I remember reading, I think Anne Voskamp said something about how everything that God gives is bread. And so it can feel like gravel Mm. in your mouth, but it's bread Mm. and you could just got to change your mindset about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it tastes like gravel, that's your problem. It's not his. (laughs) You mentioned that your family motto is punch light into the darkness. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. And I just would love to hear from you. Like in your world, you have your hand in so many different things. And, you know, from the outside looking in, we can be like, oh my gosh, you just have the coolest job ever. This is so much fun. How does that translate into what you do? Like, how do you think in your career and what you're doing, what does it mean for you to punch light into the darkness into, I don't know, being on TV and competing and, <laughs> and you know, writing cookbooks and creating new recipes for us? What does that mean for you specifically? You know, there's one version of it where I feel like I'm trying to remind people, you know, especially people who have lost their joy for cooking or maybe people who never had it, that it's a blessing. You know, we've sort of, we have such a busy, harried life that when five o'clock rolls around and you're trying to make dinner in 20 minutes, it feels like you're on a cooking competition show. <laughs> yes, it's like, you know, worst nightmare, stressed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Horrible. And so I'm just trying to remind people that A, yes, it's awful and it shouldn't be like that. So let's try mm. to move things around a little bit so that it isn't like that and take shortcuts where you need to. But to also remember that cooking is a gift to us. The fact that we have taste buds is a gift to us. We could be cows, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and just eat the same thing all day, every day, and then have to regurgitate (laughs) it and chew it again. But we, you know, we get to taste things and we get to learn about other people through food Mm -hmm. that we break with them and that breaking bread with other people breaks walls and it's sacred. The whole aspect of eating is so sacred. And when you look through the Bible, you know, the number of times that Jesus calls himself bread, lamb, the vine, you know, the living water, that when God talked to the Israelites that he said, I'm taking to a land of milk and honey. Food is really, really important to the Lord. He talks about heaven as a feast. Like, dude, can you imagine that feast? So for me, that's a huge part is just not to take it for granted anymore and not to think of it as a chore. In Indian medicine, in Ayurvedic medicine, there's a lot that talks about the things that you should eat, when you should eat them, the supplements that you take, you know, all of that stuff. But the other part of it is that when you chop the onions and you chop the garlic and people complain about that, there's too much chopping. That's medicine too. Mm. That's medicine to your mind. It slows you down. It helps you breathe. You should be taking deep breaths when you cook, you know, because it's a gift. So that's definitely something that I try to push. Artie, you're making me want to go home and cook, which here's what you need to know about me. My listeners probably know this because I say it all the time. I do not enjoy cooking. It is so stressful to me, but my husband loves cooking. And so we're a great team. I wash the dishes. He cooks the dinner, but he's out of town this week. And so I always say I don't enjoy cooking, but I do cook. I mean, I have to feed four children, so it's not Mm -hmm. like I don't. This morning before I came into work, I got a whole meal in the crock pot. And I'm Mm. telling you, there is nothing in the world that makes me feel like more mom of the year than when I get a dinner in 
in a crock pot. Now, my husband as a cook cook. He hates the crock pot. He's like, I don't want to eat things in a crock pot. I like to cook things. But you know what? For me, it works well. And so I was. I was chopping onions this morning and carrots and celery. And um, it was a kind of a slowdown in my mm-hmm. morning before mm-hmm. I came to work. So it's so, so true. Mm-hmm. Artie, I am such just a fan of all that you're doing. I have one more question before I ask you what you're loving and reading and listening to. Do you have another documentary in mind? Do you dream about these type of things? I do. I mean, I do want to do a documentary or a documentary series. Mm -hmm. I would love to more deeply explore the sacred nature of eating Mm. and the sacred nature of cooking and what it can teach us about God, Mm. you know, across faiths too. Yeah. Every faith I think has something to teach us about because every faith, you know, is stretching out to God, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think I would love to do something like that, but I'd want to do it in a way that feels palatable Mm. and not preachy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, fun, something fun. I'd be down for that. I'll be your taste tester. So you just bring me in like, like how you get a production (laughs) assist. I'll be the taster. So you just kind of, I'll be there for you. Yeah. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What are you reading these days? Gosh, I'm a terrible reader. I'm terrible. As in you don't find the time for it or you just read too many or you get distracted or what? I get distracted okay. really quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So at the moment, if my husband reads something and he's like, he'll be like, you should read this. You'll yeah, yeah, like yeah. it. So right now I'm reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which is okay. fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's this really cool story of two black twin sisters. And they come from a particular town in Louisiana where every resident is very fair-skinned to the point Mm -hmm. where they could pass. Mm -hmm. That's how they say it. You could pass. Mm -hmm. And so it's about one sister who decides to live her life as a white lady and the other one who doesn't. And what happens to their lives. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've seen this book everywhere. I should Mm -hmm. get it because I think I would like it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. good. And then cookbook wise, I'm really interested. I have this book called In Bibi's Kitchen. Okay. By Hawa Hassan. And Bibi means grandmother. Okay. And so it's an exploration of eight different countries in Africa and some of the beautiful food that they cook. And I love it because I want to learn about new flavor combinations, but the unexpected thing I've learned is there's a lot of crossover between the way they cook and the way we cook in, you know, for me, it's like Indian cooking and Middle Eastern cooking. There's Uh a lot of crossover. So that's really exciting to me. So I've been flipping through that book. And then the last thing I'm reading is Christy Knockle's new book. 
It's so good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to keep books in different places. So I like that. Yeah. So there's books by my bed, there's books on the kitchen table, and then there's a book in the bathroom. I have a book in the bath. <laughs> I'm like, this is my bath reading. And then, yeah. you know, wherever else you might end up. And I love that as well. <laughs> the Life You Long For is Christy Knuckles, and it's so good. It I is really, really enjoyed that book yeah. so much. Are you guys TV watchers? Are you and Brendan watching anything? What do y'all watch? We just finished. So Brendan is an actor. So Uh we're really excited because his, he got the break of a lifetime. Tell me. You know, Brendan's wanted to act since he was five. Uh And it was just trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and never getting anywhere. And I have some theories about that. And so does he. (laughs) And they have to do with Jesus. Uh But one day he got a phone call and his manager was like, Peter Farrelly Brothers Uh has written a part just for you in his new TV show. My husband was like, say what? So the show is called Louder Milk and it was on Audience Network, which was a network people didn't really have, but it's going to hit Amazon Prime this weekend. And so I'm so excited for him and for everybody. So we will probably be watching that by the way, not safe for kids. Okay. But um, we also just finished The Great, which was on Hulu, which is about Catherine the Great. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. Yep. yep. Yeah. But right now, my freaking obsession <laughs> is what? Tell me. It's this Turkish period drama <laughs> on Netflix called Resurrection. Okay. And it's about this nomad group called the Kais. And it's about this man whose name is very hard to pronounce, Erturul. And it's, you know, his son, Usman, would end up being this great ruler and conqueror, you know, of the Ottoman empire. And so it's about, you know, all the ins and outs and all the fights and battles that they have to go through. But for me, it's just the beautiful um, clothes that the women wear Mm -hmm. and it's all Muslim. So it's just so fascinating to me to watch a show where they talk about God every third sentence, you know, wow. mm-hmm. they never say, oh yeah, maybe that'll happen. They'll say, inshallah, it's God's will that's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just, it's so refreshing to see wow. a show where people are so steeped in faith that they can't even let words pass their mouth without, it saying, without okay. saying if it's God's will, you know, yeah. and that reminds me of Dubai where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. So your husband, see that season one that's coming out on Amazon. Yeah. Season one and two. Oh my gosh. I'm like so excited for (laughs) y'all. Maybe I'll have a watching party this weekend as well. It was very, very exciting. He's beyond excited. So that means you guys are willing to travel. I mean, you guys move to Raleigh knowing we're not going to be working in Raleigh. It was big for him. I mean, it's easier for me because I was already traveling a lot for work. Mm -hmm. But for him, you know, to move from LA to here, it was huge. It was saying, okay, I'm putting my dream on the altar. I'm done. You know, I need, we need to live somewhere that's more affordable. We need somewhere that's better for our children. It was, I mean, when you talk about husbands being self-sacrificial, I'm going to cry. I mean, that was, that was a huge sacrifice that he made for them and for us. And so we're just keeping our eyes open for what God wants him to do now. Does he want him to keep acting? Does he want him to, he's written a children's book. Like, does he want him to do that for a living? You know, just trying to keep our eyes open. I love it. Well, I think that what I've learned from listening to you is that you guys are willing to sit in that uncomfortable and wait and see what God has, even if it's difficult, the uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. because it honestly, 
it always is. I mean, I've never been like, oh, the uncomfortable is where I want to be. No, like who wants to be in the uncomfortable? Nobody. But I And there's love- always, what I thought you were going to say is there's always an uncomfortable part of your life. And I think the sooner that we let go of this idea that we're going to get to a point where that's not going to be part of our lives, the sooner we're going to be happy. So true. Oh my you gosh, Artie, it's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Well- Thank you for coming on the happy hour. I loved Thanks. hearing how you got where you are now and how Jesus has impacted your work and your world and everything you're doing. And so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a joy. All right, guys, I told you that you would love RT and their whole family motto of punch light into the darkness. I am a fan of that motto as well. If you need one, I bet she would let you take that. We had like a hundred other things that we could have talked about. So we'll have to have her back on the show again. But I loved getting to hear about how God used a season to really show himself to her and to get her ready to go forward into her next adventure with Food Network Star and how that has changed her whole life. You know, one thing I thought about when she was explaining this documentary that she dreams about, do you guys remember when Mark? Margaret Feinberg was on the happy hour. Uh, You'll have to go back 100 episodes or so to episode number 230. Well, Margaret has a book that she wrote called Taste and See, Discovering God Among Butchers, Bakers, and Fresh Food Makers. Although it's different than what Artie was talking about, if that interests you, you might be interested in that conversation that we had as well. Friends, today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The show notes were written by Abby Castell. The music is developed by Matt Graham, and the whole thing is organized and produced and put together by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey, and I'm also the host of The Jamie Ivey Show, which you can find on YouTube right now, all seven episodes. I would love it if you'd go over and give it a watch, and then maybe even subscribe to the YouTube while you're there so you never miss season two when it comes out. Guys, enjoy your week. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you back here next time on The Happy Hour for another conversation where we talk about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.